Welcome to the 2018 Prima Podcast Series. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Director of Education and Training at Prima. On this Prima Podcast, Chris Mandel will discuss Next Level Claims Strategies. Chris Mandel is SVP of Strategic Solutions and Director of Sedgwick Institute. He has more than 25 years of experience in insurance and large global corporate risk management. Chris has held leadership roles at Liberty Mutual, Marsh, Verizon, American National Red Cross, Pepsi, USAA, and Risk and Insurance Management Society. He is a frequent industry speaker and author. Chris was named Risk Manager of the Year by Business Insurance in the Risk and Insurance Management Society in 2004. Chris received the REMS Harry and Dorothy Goodell Award in 2016. We will also be joined by Taekwon Gilbert, a member of Prima's education and training team. Taekwon will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, Chris. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. How have claim management strategies and techniques evolved in recent years? Well, let's just start with a pretty radical shift from a view of the claiming party, we've always called traditionally the claimant, to looking at that person more as a consumer and as a customer. It's really part of uh, what we refer to in our end of the business as advocacy. In fact, we use the uh, kind of copyrighted phrase, caring counts, as a way to indicate the directional shift we've made to you know, not looking at a claim as a, a reason for an adversarial relationship, but looking at a claim from the standpoint of how do we get it to the best outcome and resolution? And I think that's a, a radical shift because you're naturally set up for a controversy and contentiousness when somebody gets injured or, or hurt or they lose property or, you know, whatever it is, depending on the type of claim we're talking about, you're usually not in the best of mindsets. And often people are in a pretty aggressive mode. And the natural human reaction to that aggression is aggression. But well-trained people, and this is part of, I think, the answer to this question, getting skill sets to a higher level where people have empathy and compassion that they may not have normally been able to use in this kind of a situation is all part of shifting our view from an adversarial view to an advocacy view, particularly in the employee injury world, where, you know, in our case, our clients are major corporates who, in general, want to see their employees return to work as quickly as possible, get the best outcomes from, you know, their situation. And uh, therefore, everybody seems to agree this makes a whole lot of sense. Another aspect of how things are shifting in recent years is really an even greater focus on uh, efficiency in, in both investigations and information collection. Now, efficiency has always been a part of the business in order to you know, deliver the most for the least cost. But I think only through the innovation that's occurring now and the recognition that you know, getting the right information, not just a lot of information in the investigatory process is the way you get this job done well. I mean, two decades ago, it was a shift from, you know, almost exclusive field investigative work to the majority of work being done from behind a computer screen in a, in a call center environment where you were doing telephonic investigations and interviews and the like. And while that's certainly a heavy part of the current model, field investigations are, are still used. It's really all about getting the right 
information you need to make the best decisions and not wasting time or money on the nice-to-haves, except by exception. So another aspect of shift in this area of technique is really on the in the area of uh, moving from complexity to simplicity in general. I think the average consumer, as I'll call them, as opposed to claimant, is someone that doesn't interface with the claim world except by exception, right? So if you're lucky, you may never have a claim. You may never have an accident. You may never have a situation where you need uh, to interface with the claim management process. Although I suppose if you include the benefit world, you almost always will have that opportunity, right? Because we all have medical situations. And so we're not just talking here about what happens in the casualty world, and I'll talk more about this later, but also on on the uh, benefit side of the house, which is also part of our business model. So in short, a, a, a movement to help people navigate through complexity by simplifying process and improving communications and the other things that I mentioned earlier. Another aspect of what's going on is innovation, driving things like information at your fingertips, as I like to call it. You know, we all use our smartphones these days, and so more and more of us are putting the uh, right information on those smartphones, uh, driving it to the consumer so that they're better informed. They don't have to make as many phone calls or worry about, you know, how they're going to get paid while they're, you know, recovering, uh, who's handling their claim, what its status is, and on and on and on. So innovation is driving that technology aspect of our business that's enabling us to do that. Another example is uh, in the fraud area. So while we want to treat people and assume the best, there is always going to be a certain amount of fraud in our world. And uh, depending on what kind of claim uh, we're talking about, it it can be fairly substantial. I think in the work comp world, uh, there's estimates of as many as 5% of all claims have fraudulent aspects to them. So one of the things that you'll see a lot of and have now for the last few years is the use of social media mining in order to get ahead of the fraud curve. And that is to say, as some people are aware, that as you put a uh, digital footprint out on the web, whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever it is, you may be establishing a source of investigative information that would help ferret out fraud and therefore actually be used to uh, identify and then even prosecute people that would perpetrate that aspect of the claim world. Another example uh, in the property world is the use of drones in investigations. So you can imagine with the hurricanes we've had recently in Texas and Florida, Puerto Rico, drones are increasingly useful to help literally navigate aerially over disaster areas that may be uh, accessible no other way and gathering claim information early in the process to, again, help drive a quick, quicker resolution that may not have been possible in the past because of accessibility and other issues like that. And then the last example of uh, strategies and techniques that I think is worth emphasis, since I spent a lot of time on this, is what's known as option legislation. And this is in the work comp world. And if anybody is familiar with Texas non-subscription, then you know that you can opt out of the workers' comp statutory system in Texas and use the non-subscription system to get better control of your claims, to drive benefits and outcomes to your employees directly rather than have a bureaucratic intermediary in the form of the workers' comp uh, 
administration system. Not to say there aren't third parties because uh, you probably will still often use a third-party administrator like Sedgwick or others to uh, get that job done. But it puts the employer closer to the employee and it helps drive a better connectivity and understanding between the two about what's important and what's not. So that's a long answer to a short question, but uh, those are some examples of strategies and techniques that have evolved in recent years. What are some of the ways claim service providers deliver the most value for their clients? I'll try to be a little more concise on this question, um, but one thing that comes to mind is broad geographic coverage. Even though we're doing a lot of work telephonically and remotely, you know, I think the better companies have broad geographic coverage to be able to get to people in person where necessary and appropriate, and even on a global basis. So that's, that's an important aspect of it. As I alluded to earlier, specialized skill development and maintenance through continuing education, targeted and focused training for folks that, for example, may not have a natural empathy built into their personality is one example, but also technical skill development uh, that, for example, then might teach a fraud examiner or investigator how to mine social media most effectively uh, to get to a be- the better answer. Generally, though, I think customization is pretty critical in this claim management world. So, again, the better providers are able to provide solutions that are very particularly designed for those that use them. And that is all about customization as opposed to off-the-shelf solutions. And so that's that's a real important uh, aspect of delivering value. Another one is actionable data. I mean, we can pump out data and reports all day long, but if you can't use it to make decisions, then I always say, What's the point? So you, having data uh, and reports published that, you know, allow those that use them to make better decisions is what it's all about in terms of what many people think of about in the big data world and wonder what does that really mean and how does that really help me uh, get to better claim results. And then uh, I guess the other thing that's pretty important in value determination is just really getting focused on outcomes, not just lowering costs, although we all will admit that total cost of risk and cost of risk is a pretty important measurement for most risk leaders. I think when you really put the consumer in the right position priority-wise, then what you're doing is you're focusing on what are the best outcomes for that person who's typically negatively affected by a loss situation or some aspect of a claim that uh, you know, has interrupted their normal course of life. We hope you're enjoying the podcast. Here are some words from Prima's Member Services Manager, Danica Williams, regarding Prima membership benefits. Prima is a membership organization dedicated to advancing the knowledge and practice of risk management in the public sector. Prima members come from a diverse range of disciplines, entity types, sizes, and share a variety of titles, including risk manager, human resources professional, workers' compensation coordinator, employee benefits coordinator, claims administrator, safety personnel, risk pool administrator, just to name a few. Despite their titles, there is one resounding theme among these individuals, and that is that they manage risks within their entity and importantly, risks affecting the public interest. Prima members enjoy a robust array of educational programming, risk management resources, and networking opportunities. 
Some of Prima's member benefits include access to blogs, podcasts, webinars, Prima's job bank, Prima's online community where members have the ability to connect, share, and solicit information directly from their colleagues, Prima's library of risk management documents, Prima's flagship publication, The Public Risk Magazine, and member discounts to all Prima events and training. Becoming a Prima member is one of the most worthwhile career investments a risk management practitioner can make, not just for themselves, but for their entire entity. To learn more about Prima member resources, visit primacentral.org. What is the status of integrated disability management strategies in workers' compensation? So IDM, integrated disability management, is something that's, you know, kind of coined uh, 20 or more years ago as a phrase, which was really intended to try and figure out what are the synergies possible that exist between what we in our business call the occupational and the non-occupational world. And that was the allusion I made earlier to you know, casualty claims, which is the bucket within which workers' compensation or employee injury claims falls, and that bucket in which involves the benefit world or non-occupational claims, meaning that, you know, you've got some disease or some other reason in which you need medical care, some other reason in which you may not be able to work and therefore you have disability. So in the beginning, it was all about how do you find, again, the synergies between these two worlds where, you know, in the past, and I would say still largely today, uh, the casualty stuff sits in the bucket and share of the risk manager, and the non-occupational benefits stuff sits in the world of the HR or human resources folks, and oftentimes the twain never meets. So, you know, the status is really that even after more than 20 years of striving, I would say, there's not a lot of organizations that have really, let alone, you know, made progress, let alone perfected this. Perhaps it's better to say that perfection is not a reasonable goal, particularly in this area, and particularly when you've got two major functions within an organization that have responsibility for these two things. Only in the exceptional organization are they uh, combined under one leader, one department, one set of functionaries. So the status, I guess I would say, is that certain progressive companies, many of whom are our clients, have actually made significant progress in this area. And they're not necessarily integrating everything as it was once envisioned. That's that perfect world that I'm not sure is really achievable, but as much as aligning and capturing the synergies that exist between the OCK and non-OCK worlds, meaning that if it is a focus on the customer, the consumer, and getting the best outcomes for them, then the ways in which you get from injury to recovery are not all that different. Yes, they're subject to different statutory rules and maybe even in some cases federal law under ERISA, but the focal point is the same. How do you get an injured or ill worker fully recovered or as recovered as possible and back to status quo, back to their ability to do their job unimpeded by injury or illness as quickly as possible, ideally for the least cost, but also within the very specific targeted mind of customer satisfaction. In other words, getting the experience for that person completed as, in a, as positive a way as possible. So again, it's a focus on the recovery, regardless of the cause. And so aligning 
these two things, the AHC and non-AHC world, with a focus on the quality of care and specialized targeted medical treatment with all the different ancillary things that go around that, from clinical nurses, you know, to specialized testing, to customized return-to-work programs, to um, telemedicine, complex pharmacy, clinical consultations, utilization review, uh, medical bill, bill review. There's just a myriad of techniques, services, and, and approaches in which uh, these things get done. And so I guess back to the question, what's the status? The status is that those that care about this alignment and these synergies are taking advantage of them. And companies in the claim management world that recognize the value proposition are supporting that accordingly. How important is data and analytics to great claim management services? So we've been hearing about big data for a long time now, and I think a lot of people are pretty frustrated with it because, you know, big data on its generic level just implies what we've always had is a lot of data. I think the better way to look at big data is to say, you know, how are we using it? And so a phrase that's been around for 10 or more years that's been mined pretty effectively by some is this whole idea of predictive analytics. And that's using big data in an effective way. It's evolving, however, from predictive to what they're saying is now prescriptive analytics. And so it really is all about finding the best course of action for a given set of facts or a scenario. It includes the idea of descriptive analytics, which technically aims for insights into what has happened. If you think about an accident, you want to understand, be able to peel the onion back on, you know, what occurred, the forensics of that. And that's really what the descriptive, the historical view focuses on. The predictive aspect really is about modeling and forecasting what might happen based on historical data. So you can see there's a lot of historical data. Actuaries leverage it all the time when they're giving, you know, their reserve analysis and they're forecasting what the value of claims individually and collectively will be for a client. But the prescriptive aspect, which is where we are now and I think where we'll continue to focus, is really all about, you know, getting the best outcomes among a various group of choices given another group of known facts or parameters around what's going on. So therein lies what I mentioned earlier. You know, the prescriptive aspect really emphasizes the issue of decision-making and how do you use all that data to make better decisions in order to get claim outcomes where you want them, in order to get people, you know, back to work, to get people the result, the uh, settlement, the closure they look for in a claim world and claim environment. And uh, so that's where... Um, I think big data analytics is central to great claim management services. Back to your question. What role does artificial intelligence play in claim management services and what impact does it have? So AI, artificial intelligence, is a pretty cool thing, right? I mean, we see evidence of it emerging uh, all over you know, society. I think the first thing that's worth uh, emphasizing and talking about is insure tech. So you may have heard the word insure tech, and it's it's getting bandied about quite a bit lately. It's really nothing more than the insurance industry using innovative technology to improve efficiencies, 
and reduce costs. And there are hundreds, if not thousands of firms out there now that are focused on those questions using technology in new and innovative ways. So the underpinning of artificial intelligence is really in tech. And so there's just a growing list of things that artificial intelligence is affecting in the insurance and claim world. And so here's a few examples. Think about a chatbot that we now see on the web all the time being the only thing you need to interface with in order to settle a claim that you may have, sometimes in a matter of seconds or minutes, but not weeks, not months, let alone years. So chatbots is one example of how artificial intelligence is driving fluidity and efficiency and timeliness in the claim settlement process, obviously more focused on the routine and those that are simple, not the complex, but still there's elements of complexity that are being, you know, disassembled by artificial intelligence as well. So another example of AI in the claim world is how it's being used to predict and better understand claim durations to produce as a result a better ability to plan for the duration of those claims and getting them to the best result in the quickest way. So really facilitating the overall handling process. Another example of AI in the claim world is the t- is really the total cost of claims being more predictable, improving the financial aspect that underpins claims, right? They all have to be accounted for financially, improving the underwriting capabilities that insurers and others need in order to understand how to manage the money around the claim process, and even the cash flow that's needed when you need it, and predicting that, uh, that timing and frequency, all being improved by AI. Another aspect of AI in the claim world is, you know, really literally developing claim risk ratings for uh, targeted handling buckets of claims. So think about in the work comp world, you know, a medical only versus a short disability lost time case versus a, a complex catastrophic loss where there may be, you know, months, if not years of medical treatment, maybe even lifetime medical treatment involved in, you know, handling that claim, which in a few cases may never close. But AI is facilitating the rating of claims in order to put them in the right buckets for more efficient handling. Predictability of uh, repeat claims is another example and looking at individuals, not just the claim, and their potential for being repeat users of the system, so to speak, which actually in some cases is a predictor of the possibility of fraud. A very important thing in the work comp world is just getting better, more accurate medical diagnosis. That's also being facilitated by artificial intelligence and insured tech innovations, again, for the purposes of producing the best outcomes. AI is also being used to produce better next step planning in the claim management process to get, again, the end results you're looking for. It can help promote a better, more quick and efficient triage of claims and how to handle claims. It does the obvious, which is really helping identify areas of where automating rules and a rules-based process can enable more efficient handling of whatever it is you're you're doing in the claim management world. And then finally, but not least, uh, is AI, I think, is going to be increasingly useful in identifying and hopefully 
providing recommendations around how to manage emerging risks, those things that are often considered black swans. They may not exist in some people's minds, but at a minimum are hard to see over the horizon, around the corner, so to speak. I think with the effective use of artificial intelligence applied to the huge amount of information available in our business, uh, we'll be able to provide better predictability around emerging risks and emerging claims, ultimately. So that's a brief set of examples around the artificial intelligence and how I think it's going to make the claim management world uh, better, more efficient, less costly, and ultimately deliver better value for the customer. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks so much, Chris and Taekwon. Please visit the Prima website to listen to other Prima podcasts, join upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about additional Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Have a wonderful day.